What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. Uh, it's me again in one of the, <laughs> the three same shirts that I always wear. <laughs> I've been reviewing the tape over the past, like, just every episode. I wear, like, this shirt, the Training Camp Podcast hoodie. Shout out, Parker. Uh, my other, like, black t-shirt. And some uh, the People Like Grapes purple shirt. And then I think I've worn my white v-neck once and my white baseball tee once. But other than that, it's like the same four <laughs> shirts. Uh, but I mean, hey, we're in a pandemic. I don't go out that often. So, And also, I don't like wearing long sleeves in the podcast because this is weird. But uh, I like the arms to show because then it don't look like I'm just all this. Because <laughs> then everything starts to blend together. Anyways, you guys are here for sports, not for, your, not for me to talk about that bullshit. Um... So I, the, the ongoing bit with the podcast is like, I'll put out, I'll talk about something. And then like the next, like the moment the show gets up, gets uploaded on YouTube, what I talked about either has like an update or just doesn't happen at all. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, I talked about my trade predictions last week and then the world blew up and went on fire. <laughs> so we're going to hop into the news of the week. Just, just right now. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA trade in a minute, but uh, yeah, <laughs> the NBA trade happened, the trade deadline happened, and uh, some of the biggest moves happened. I'm not going to talk about them in news of the week because uh, we're going to have, we're going to talk about them later in the show, and yeah, but I'm just going to say the deadline happened. <laughs> I got some right, I got some very wrong. Uh, going into other news, the U.S. national men's team failed to qualify for the Olympics for the third straight time. Uh, love how we are good at everything but sports that are international like that weren't made in america <laughs> uh yeah we're good at basketball other countries are getting a bit better at basketball though we're great at football and we're good at baseball but we're like we're su- we're losing our footing in baseball we suck at soccer rugby we're okay at uh and then i'm forgetting so we don't even have a cricket team i don't think <laughs> so yeah once you get into the international stuff we are shit uh i don't it's kind of sad that you know we're one of the like biggest countries in the world and we can't even qualify for the olympics but uh it is what it is I, I will stand by this the women's team will always be better than the men's team the women's team is way better they always have been most likely always will be uh shout out to the women's national team you guys fucking kick ass and you guys are always not only uh staring down the other countries of the world but you're staring down the men's team so good on you guys uh other news there were trades that happened too <laughs> Not only trades, but there were... I don't know why I said trades. There were uh, buyouts and signings that happened. Like, oh, I don't know. LaMarcus Aldridge to the Nets. (laughs) Why? (laughs) What has the NBA become? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) So now the Nets have Durant. They have Harden. They have Kyrie. And they have... Speaking of Kyrie, I know it's not going to talk about, but like I said... Like Vucevic got traded to the Bulls. You look what the Bulls got for uh, traded for Vucevic. Yeah, the Kyrie trade that I've been pitching 100% what could have happened. Uh, but they got Harden, Durant, Kyrie, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge. Not to count, uh, they got Spencer Dinwiddie. He is hurt, but they still have him. And they also have DeAndre Jordan now coming off of the bench. Uh, they have Joe Harris. Who like <laughs> that team is freaking. If you. They're bound. They're 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 a lock for the for the, for the finals. Who's baiting them? They're a, they're a lock. 
I mean, they're already winning games without Kyrie and Durant. Harden's basically carrying them through the regular season, essentially. What is that team? I don't want to hear any more things about the Warriors because look at this. <laughs> look at this. All to beat LeBron. I feel so bad for LeBron. He literally just wants to play his game. Everyone has to form super teams just to stop him. Uh, oh, other buyouts that happened. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Speaking of LeBron, he's going to the Lakers. Uh, yeah, you kind of need that to happen. I, the rumor was either the, the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Nets. Could you, ima could you imagine if Drummond went to the Nets? Like, we It'd be over. You just write the season off, right? Uh, but yeah, no, he went to the Lakers instead. I think it's awesome. It gives him actual competition in the NBA. Now the Nets can't be a guaranteed finals win. But uh, I actually really like Drummond going to the Lakers, honestly. I'm not really going to talk about LaMarcus going to the Nets because we already know about that. Like, yes, we know what LaMarcus offers. We know that the Nets are now godly. Uh, with Drummond with the Lakers, though, I think it's cool because he's like not an upgraded version of uh, JaVale McGee slash Dwight Howard from last season. He's like seven upgrades above those guys because, I mean, he's the defensive or just a rebounding leader of the past, what, four years, essentially. He's amazingly physical he's a big body he's like what he's what seven foot seven one um and so it's nice for them to have that the one thing is he's not a shooter he's he's basically like rudy gobert uh he's only scoring when he's close to the basket and he's just really good at rebounding except the only reason the way he's not with like rudy is defensively drummond's all right defensively don't get me wrong but he just he's not on the gobert level um but I think it definitely does help them. The, now, the, I will say this. When the Lakers have to play a team like uh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets who now have uh, Aaron Gordon with Jokic, that's a stretch front. Like I was talking about this last week. Uh, that's a stretched court right there. So Drummond is not very good at getting to the perimeter. So I think – I just said so like 400 times. Uh, I think when it comes to playing teams like that, Drummond will probably be playing less minutes. But overall, I think Drummond going to the Lakers is great. I talked about this about a month ago when it was rumored that he was going to get bought out by the Cavaliers. I mean, the, the Lakers were just a perfect fit for him. I know he could have gone to the Nets, but I think for him per personally, he's still young. He's going to be playing for a contract. And so if he wants to get a big contract, like he most likely will, uh, I think the Lakers are definitely the best spot. And also just being under LeBron will help him out a lot. I, I, Drummond and Rudy Gobert are always so surprising to me because it's like offensively, I'm going to compare them. Because they don't spend the offseason working on jump shooting. Because I know that's technically not their game. But if it was, you'd be looking at MVP candidates. Like, look at Jokic. Like, Jokic slimmed down and became an MVP candidate. And so, you look at Drummond and Gobert, who are already, like, slimmed down, essentially. But also still have muscle. They're not just skinny. They have muscle. You give them a three-point shot with, their with like, Gobert's defensive ability and his athletic athleticness for a center... Yeah, that's an MVP candidate. So I don't understand why they don't work on their perimeter game during or uh, during the offseason or the season. So maybe LeBron will be like, hey, Drummond, let's let's get you a jump shot. All right, that'll help the team out a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so Drummond went to the Lakers. That's crazy. Um, the NFL officially approved the 17-game season. Every team now will be playing uh, one team from the opposite conference. I believe it's you're playing a team that finished at the same level as, as the team as you – you're playing a team that finished at the same division ranking that you did. So, for instance, like the Steelers are playing the Seahawks, they both finished first in their division. Uh, in that case, since if, if the division, if it's the same divisions in that case, then the Cardinals would play the Bengals, uh, the Rams would play the Ravens, and then the Niners would play 
the Browns. No, the Niners would play the Ravens, and the Browns would play the Rams. So that's essentially how that works. It just goes in order. So that's going to be kind of interesting because, like, you have teams who definitely got better who are going to be playing worse teams. Like, you look at the Patriots, they're going to be playing a third-ranked team in the division. I think their division is the AFC South. No, that's the, team that, that's the division that they're playing every single team in. So I don't know who the Patriots are playing. But obviously, it is a third-ranked team. So that's kind of like a, it should be, quote-unquote, a guaranteed win if it's a team that hasn't gotten better. But, like, you look at the Patriots. Uh, you look at the Cardinals, who finished last in the division. They're obviously playing the Bengals. Um, if I did that, the mental math right. Um, but yeah, that's that's really interesting. I don't know. I mean, they're going to make a ton of money. That's what it's going to do. And with the new contracts between uh, ESPN and ABC and uh, Fox, CBS, NBC, all these, like it's and Amazon, it's the NFL is going to be making a ton of money. And I, I also hope the players do too because players are putting their bodies. I know that they're technically taking away a preseason game, but that doesn't offset it because for preseason, the regular, like the, the, the starters don't play in preseason. They play like one quarter and then that's it. So just because, oh, they took away a preseason game, it's the same amount of games. No, that's not how that works. But the players are basically putting up their bodies on the line for one extra game. So shout out to them. Um, and I hope that they stay healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. One of the things that's being talked about is like if – load management is going to be a thing in the, in the nfl which kind of interesting like hey we're we're two games out of this team like if, eh, if we only get the two seed who cares but that's another thing it's like there's only one buy now instead of two so that kind of i don't know i think it's really interesting it's gonna shake up the season and like personally for me i haven't lived through something this big in the nfl yet i was born after the uh two teams were added in the houston texans and the baltimore ravens and you know, all the shifting of the conferences so I, I i this is like my cool monumental moment for the nfl um other NFL news, Tyler Lockett was extended for four years at 70, it was 69 million, nice, but I rounded up to 70 million, I think he got 37 million guaranteed, uh, okay, I don't know, he he started the season really, really good, and then he really fizzled out when DK kind of started to really just pop off, I think though there was a correlation when Tyler was doing good, it was when Russ was kind of allowed to quote unquote cook, so we'll see if they let him cook again this season, and if Tyler Lockett, um, is able to benefit off of that. Other than that, uh, it's a little pricey of a contract, but I think they're just trying to satisfy Russ to make sure Russ doesn't want to be traded. And then the big news. The big, big, big news. A trade happened. And I'm not going to use this as news of the day. We're going to transition into the first segment of the show. <laughs> San Fran was like, hey, third overall pick, Miami. Give me that. <laughs> So San Francisco is now the third overall pick. Uh, they traded with Miami, who Miami then was like, oh, what's that? We can go back to six because Philly wants to go back? All right, cool. So now you have San Francisco at number three in the draft. You have uh, Miami at number six, and you have Philadelphia at number 12. San Francisco gave up a lot. I'm not going to talk about the implications with the Jets and why they didn't trade for two. What I'm going to talk about, though, uh, <laughs> I don't do this very often. I'm going to show you guys a clip, and this is a clip of... GM and head coach of the 49ers, we got the GM, I can't remember his freaking name, and then we have head coach Kyle Shanahan. So just watch this clip and we'll talk about it. You know, things are things are, are looking good. We'd, we'd, we'd like to make this move, but, you know, we also don't want to uh, say goodbye to Jimmy. We think Jimmy, he's shown we can get to a Super Bowl with him. We can play at a high level. And we don't think those two things have to be mutually exclusive. And so the opportunity to trade up and possibly get a guy um, that can be a, a big part of our future and keep Jimmy, who we're very high on, and is, and is you know, I think some positive things are happening this offseason for, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the plan we arrived at. And we're, we're very excited. It was, you know, a stated goal that we needed to come out with the quarterback position being stronger this year. And I, I think 
we've put ourselves uh, in a, in a opportunity to make that happen with this move. Um, when you bring in a starting quarterback, I mean, when you bring in a rookie quarterback, to me, it's always better, especially on the team that you have. You'd if you got a, a veteran starter there already who um, you like and you're comfortable winning with. Um, that's usually the direction you want to go and not, not throw someone else out into the fire until they're fully ready. And that's the situation we're at. You know, if you, know, you look at uh, free agency, if it goes the other way around and you do things differently, maybe. Uh, but right now, and Jimmy, it's going to be hard to find a quarterback that gives us a better chance to win than Jimmy right now, uh, especially even a rookie in the draft. Um, so that's what you look into. Now, if someone wanted something for that and it can make your team better in a lot of other ways, you, you listen to that. But it also depends on how good you feel about that rookie. And we're not there yet right now. And odds are we probably won't be. That's why we're happy that we don't have to be that way. Uh, we got a guy in here who we know we can win with, a guy that our players love, that we love. Um, and uh, we're excited to have him this year, and we're excited to have a hell of a quarterback right behind him, um, learning from when the time's his. So, yeah, they basically were like, yeah, we're taking a quarterback. And uh, that quarterback's going to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year so that they can learn the system. <laughs> are, are we just being honest at press conferences now? Because if so, that's awesome. <laughs> Like, I don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo feels, but that's, they were like, yep, this is our plan. We're probably going to take a quarterback. Uh, the, the rumor is Mac Jones. Why? If, if they take Mac Jones, San Francisco, you could have, you, you, you could have stayed where you were, honestly, and still gotten Mac Jones because he's not going to go in the top 10. He's not. He's just not a top 10 talent. Um, this isn't a shot at Mac Jones either. I just think Mac Jones for me was a second round talent. Um, yeah, he put up stats, but he also had one of the best wide receivers, not the best wide receiver. I mean, the freaking Heisman winner, for God's sakes, uh, on his team. You have the highest-ranked prospects at O-line. So, yeah, you're going to succeed in Alabama's system. He's just not athletic for me, and the, the game is definitely shifting to a more athletic type of quarterback. So, don't take Mac Jones. For me, I think the best bet, it sounds like the Jets are probably going to take Zach Wilson. So, you either have Trey Lance or you're Justin Fields. I really like Trey Lance. I was really hoping he would fall to the Steelers, but that's definitely not going to happen. Um, I think the Niners should take Trey Lance instead of Justin Fields. I know Justin Fields did have a season. I also love Justin Fields, don't get me wrong, but Trey Lance is like a... He's kind of like Josh Allen. I'm not going to say 2.0. I'm just going to say 1.0. I think he's going to be a very similar player to uh, Josh Allen. I mean, he's big. He played in a cold-weather city or cold-weather college at North Dakota, North Dakota State University. Um, he's mobile, and he's got a hell of a cannon. He's got a cannon of an arm. And so he's athletic. He's also really tough, and I think that's just perfect. I know you're technically in uh, California for most of the games and that just that Western Confer that Western division, so you could afford to take a quarterback who's used to, like, the warm weather, but I think having a cold-weather quarterback is great, especially for, like, the playoff games. Like, you want someone that has played in the cold weather. Um, and I just think, like, I know the, the, the joke is that Kirk Cousins is the Perfect quarterback for Shanahan's system because Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins. But I think if you can get an athletic quarterback with Kyle Shanahan, I mean Kyle Shanahan got Matt Ryan an MVP. No disrespect against no disrespect against Matt Ryan, but like that was Kyle, that was all Kyle Shanahan. Like yeah, I mean I know Matt Ryan puts up numbers every single year, but that season, that Super Bowl, like okay, we'll be real with that Super Bowl. They probably that that Super Bowl was also on Kyle Shanahan a little bit too. But uh, like he he got Matt Ryan an, an MVP. So I think with a with an athletic quarterback, I also think it's really smart to sit him behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. Like, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo probably is not having high trade value right now because he's like, oh, you're going to take a quarterback? I, why would we offer you shit for Garoppolo if you're just going to replace him eventually? Um, I mean, also, San Francisco might do a smart thing. Like, let's say they start the season 7-2 and, and Garoppolo's on fire and you do have 
Trey Lance or Justin Fields behind him. All right, cool. They're looking good in practices, and the trade deadline's approach, approaching. All right, well, and teams are offering firsts or like high, high seconds for Jimmy Garoppolo. Cool. We'll trade him. Like that's another smart thing to do. I think it's, the Jets might do something similar. I don't know if I'll talk about that eventually, but I think that's kind of smart. You just see, all right, cool. Jimmy Garoppolo is doing good. And then on the flip side, it, let's say they start three, they start three and six, you know, and they're like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't look like it. We're just gonna throw the rookie in and see how he does. And then the rookie does great. Then cool, you can just either release Garoppolo or flip him for something super bad, like a seven, just literally like a compensatory seven. Um, or maybe the Patriots, because apparently they're interested again, will give you like a five for him. Um, so yeah, I think the, the Niners are in a great spot. Uh, I, I do think trading to the three was a little amb- ambitious because Miami, you put them into a... If, if Miami had kept that third overall pick, they're in a really rough scenario. Like, do we take a quarterback or do we just ride with Tua? And so they're probably... I think that Miami was really, really trying to trade that pick, honestly. So I think um, Miami... Let's talk about Miami actually for a quick second. So we talked about San Francisco. Uh, Miami, they now they're at the 12th pick. They're definitely rolling with Tua at this point, which I think is good. I, I I'm not really. Bi- I was high on Tua last year. I like because you guys know like my second favorite team is essentially the Chargers. And so when me when me and JP were both watching the draft, not together, but he was you know we uh, we were Snapchatting and facing about it. Um, I was like, yeah, hopefully you guys get Tua because I wanted the Chargers to be good. And then well, the Chargers did get the better quarterback, but. Uh, and then the Dolphins took Tua, and I was like, oh, damn, that sucks. Like, good for the Dolphins, but that sucks for the Chargers. But it turns out, like, Tua didn't have that great of a rookie season. Um, but I still think you you don't want to give up on a quarterback after their first season. Like, I feel bad for Josh Rosen for that exact reason. Teams were essentially giving up on him after his rookie season when he was set up to fail. I think Tua, he wasn't set up to fail, but he didn't play uh, that many games. He also was coming off an injury. His weapons weren't amazing. His weapons were developing. He's in a developing system. So I, you definitely get him in a second year and see what you have in him for another year. I just realized I'm kind of hella low on the frame, so I apologize about that. Duh, we got lower. Um, but, yeah, so I think roll with Tua, definitely. And again, seven or eight games in, you see he's not the guy. Trade him for some picks. I know next year's quarterback draft class is not that good. Honestly, you're going to have to wait another year. But you can get a bridge quarterback. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater will probably be available for super cheap. You can get like a bridge type of quarterback like that. Uh, I mean, Sam Darnold might be cheap next season. You never know. You just need a quarterback to last you a season. And if you guys were able to go, what? I think you guys went 9-7 and seven this year. Um, you guys could probably do it in a transition with a quarterback. So roll with Tua. I think at six, they should take Kyle Pitts, who just ran a 440. I know it's unofficial, but still. Um, I think Kyle Pitts is a great pick for them. I do like Mike Kosicki, so that, but it's also Kyle Pitts. So yes, I would take Kyle Pitts 100% at that point. Uh, and then you also have the pick, I think it's either 18 or 19, which is like their actual pick. Talk about freaking turning Laramie Tunzel into a gold mine. I mean, he, he was essentially the Herschel Walker for them because they turned him into, uh, the first, the, the, what was the third overall pick, which now they got a bunch of first, seconds, and thirds from San Francisco for that pick. So now they have even more. Good on you, Miami. You guys, your GMing is elite. So, yeah, I think I think they're just going to roll to it, which I think is smart. Um, honestly, I think training up, back up to six was kind of, like, also kind of ambitious. Like, that's a little high. You probably could have waited, like, maybe to eight. Um, and you wouldn't have to give up that much. You didn't give up that much anyways, but... Yeah, no, I think Miami's going to roll two, which I definitely agree with. And then now let's roll to the third team that was involved in this whole situation, Philadelphia. Philadelphia traded down to six. Now, there were rumors, apparently, that Philadelphia wanted the Dolphins pick at three, which means they are not 
confident in Jalen Hurts. But Philadelphia also has the most draft picks in this in this uh, draft, so maybe they take someone in the second, third, or fourth round. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Kyle Trask will be available. Sam Ellinger will be available. There's the Stanford quarterback people are talking about. So if they're not confident, they can take someone to later rounds who won't cost them as much. But I mean, again, Tua situation. I think Jalen Hurts had a better rookie year than Tua on a smaller sample size, of course. But um, like, I don't know. You, it's just not fair to Jalen Hurts because you you put him in a dysfunctional situation and it's going to look like it's going to continue to be dysfunctional. So being at 12, it looks like they're going to give him one season to prove himself, which cool. You're giving this poor young dude one season. What are you going to do? Trade him if he's not what your expectations are? I don't even know what your expectations are because you're setting him up to fail. Um, but I mean, at 12, I, they might take receivers but whatever's in the water in philadelphia every player there gets hurt especially receivers so maybe go o-line your defense was kind of very inconsistent last year like you guys can honestly take whatever you need at that pick um just get get jalen hurts some help man if if you guys are being bad next season it's probably not going to be because of jalen hurts jalen hurts honestly looked good last season um so yeah, I think trading back is just them, their way of going, okay, we can get some more picks for this. And also, they're in a great situation because next season, they will have two first-round picks. And then if Wentz turns out to be good with the Colts, they get three first-round picks. Which, okay, cool. Let's say, you know, there's no quarterback in that draft. You have three first-round picks. You can trade one of those because one team's going to be desperate. And you could probably trade for future picks if you want to take a quarterback in the next year. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that those are my main thoughts about about the whole trade situation between the Niners to the Dolphins and the Dolphins to the Eagles. Um, I'm curious what you guys have to think about it and what you guys think the teams are going to do. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline and uh, the winners and losers of that, as well as what I mean. So, stick around for that. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. If you guys didn't miss it, last leg, we did talk about the news of the week, as well as uh, the just my thoughts on the whole San Francisco, Miami, and Philadelphia trade for the draft picks, which... That's just kind of crazy. I know I don't talk a lot about the draft. Uh, I don't really know a lot about it. If you do want to learn about the draft, maybe go check out uh, Parker and JP's Twitters. Uh, you can check those out in the description. They do so many draft boards. They know a lot about prospects. And uh, Parker's Parker does not like, and I completely agree with him, uh, PFF's rankings for certain things and how they grade certain players. So he's doing his own. So make sure you guys show that some love. And JP literally will teach you about everything about upcoming draft players and uh, draft boards on his new Twitter, Draft McGee. So you, there, there, there'll be links in the description. You guys want to check those out. Anyway, uh, in this, like, first thing we're going to talk about, NBA trade deadline happened last week after the podcast. <laughs> so here's story time. So you guys know I record the podcasts on Wednesdays, and they go up on Thursdays. I don't know why I didn't think about this, but trade deadline was Thursday. I probably could have had a really entertaining podcast if I had recorded on Thursdays. And so I wake up to a Snapchat from Omona, and it says, LOL, you should have waited to record the podcast. And I was like, that's a weird message to wake up to, but he's probably right because today's the trade deadline. I thought he was just like, because today's the trade deadline, yada, yada, yada. But then I hopped on the Twitter and I see that Vosevich was traded to the Bulls. Really? <laughs> really? Ser like, seriously? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why didn't this happen the day before? <laughs> Why couldn't this? Okay. So let's, we're just going to talk about the biggest trades. You had Vosevich go to the Bulls. You had Aaron Gordon to the, go to the Nuggets, which I 
called, by the way. Um, I think I got the package pretty damn close, too. Uh, you had Old Depot go to the Heat, and then you had, uh, oh, God. Who went to the Sixers? It's only the topic of this show to talk about sports. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so the, big, the, big, the big three were Vucevic to the Bulls, uh, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets, and then Old Depot to the Heat. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about the biggest trades, and we're going to talk about the winners and the losers from the trade deadline. Let's talk about the winners first. Let's be positive. Let's be positive real quick. Um, so number one, biggest winner, obviously the Bulls. The Bulls 100% are winner of the trade deadline. Not only, uh, I mean, I, I know Vucevic is older, but he's also one of the best centers in the league right now, uh, let alone just be, I mean, uh, the fact that he's a perimeter guy helps so much that he has a three-point shot. But he's also a great defender, good rebounder. He's got a mid-range, he's got post moves, he's athletic for the most part, good def- good defensive anchor, great for them. Also, he could be a great mentor if they want to take a bigger man uh, next year's draft because I know Markkinen's uh, contract is expiring and he's probably going to have, he's going to get overpaid, honestly. But the Bulls probably aren't going to pay for that and they're going to want to draft another guy. And Vucic could be a great Great mentor for that. So the Bulls are definitely a winner here. The next winner, we got the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets, This the reason I thought Aaron Gordon should go to the Nuggets was because it opened up the floor for them. Uh, not only can, you know, Nurkic, not Nurkic, go, oh God, Jokic. Not only can Jokic uh, shoot threes and, you know, give them that spacing, but now you have Aaron Gordon who can do the exact same thing. You now can do whatever you want with this team. You, Aaron Gordon can play make, honestly. You have Jokic who can play make. You only gave up Gary, Gary not only gave, but like Gary Harris was the big piece in that trade. So you didn't lose too much offensively. You still have Jamal Murray, who's a great playmaker. You have three great starting playmakers now. Um... And so you can do whatever you want. You can run the offense through whoever you want now. And also, you kind of got younger. Um, I think Aaron Gordon also, one of the things I touched on last week was that teams play him at the, like, the Magic were playing him at the three for some reason. Like, they're playing him as a a small forward power forward, when in reality, he's a power forward center, like a small ball center. And so now, you don't have to run Jokic as much. I know Jokic doesn't really have an issue when it comes to, like, load management and getting fatigued or injured, but you don't want to risk it because centers traditionally have a history of getting injured a lot easier than any other position just because of their their size um, especially the height and so yes the nuggets are 100 percent a winner this is i kind of touched on this uh in news of the week and i was talking about the drummond signing to the lakers this also is one of the biggest threats towards the lakers it would not surprise me if they finish as like the two or if they somehow dethrone the jazz as the one seed in the west um, just because they have so much talent, and they're also a great young team. We saw Bull Bull hit one, a freaking step back. So yes, the the Denver Nuggets 100% not only got better, but won at the trade deadline. Another winner, the Heat. How? Pat Riley amazes me. You amaze, amaze me. Um, like, seriously, you got Old Depot for a bag of chips. Now, granted, he might not resign, but he got him for half of a year. Also, the Heat are like, oddly back somehow <laughs> the first half of the season so like the season so far they look like dog shit like dog shit and now they're kind of back and i think it's a testament to a testament to jimmy butler and his leadership abilities even though he hasn't played the entire season but he's definitely helping out with that um they're also just kind of coming into their own and now you add you add oladipo into that yes that's great that you guys definitely easily uh are now a top four seed in the west or in the east and uh if, if you guys 
If you guys go to, if you guys start playing how you guys played in last year's postseason, then you guys could honestly finish as a two or a three seed. It's going to be really hard to dethrone either the Sixers or the Nets. I know the Bucks are on like a streak right now, but the Bucks are streaky just because of uh, Budenholzer as our coach. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Nets or if the uh, Bucks did finish as like four or five. But yes, Miami, you guys got 100% better. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Good for you guys. I honestly was worried about you guys, especially at the end of last season. I was like, can the Heat even get back to the finals? I don't know if you guys can just because of the Nets now getting uh, LaMarcus. But um, I think this definitely helped you guys out tremendously. Um, another winner, the Magic. You guys got stock stacked up on picks. I know some people would consider you guys a loser of the trade deadline because you guys lost so many good players. But honestly, Vucevic is getting older. Aaron Gordon obviously didn't want to be there anymore. And you got compensated very well. Very well for it. I, I honestly thought that... the Because Magic have been kind of dysfunctional over the past little bit. And so I was like, yeah, they're probably going to not get enough for what they should for whoever they end up trading. I didn't think they would trade Vucevic, but they did get compensated heavily, and I think they the compensation was fair. Uh, they didn't get robbed in any way. We will talk about someone who got robbed later. Um, but yeah, so so Orlando got much better. They're, they're also injury-plagued right now. I mean, their first-round pick right now is still hurt. I think Markel is still out. So yeah, I mean, even the Fournier trade was a win for them too. So I, I think the Magic came out of this with uh, a buttload of picks, some injuries that are going to get healthier, and a team that is also going to get younger. So they may not be better in the next two years, but three or four years, it would not surprise me if they're a top five, four seed in, in the East. It also depends on who their coach is at that time. And the last winner, the 76ers. They didn't do too much, but I think they did enough to help out their team. They added depth for the most part. And uh, honestly, I think it was just a smart move for the team. Daryl Morley is the GM, so it doesn't surprise me. But just with the with the... With the way that Doc Rivers has been coaching this team, this team is, in my mind, really like the biggest threat to the Nets. And I think one of the biggest things uh, that can help them out with that is if they're starting five that has... A, yes, I think that they're still undefeated, I believe, as a starting five. But if they if they play most of the playoffs, the depth that they have now accrued for their bench will help them out tremendously against a team like the Nets who have more of firepower on the starting line. Now they do have two pieces on the bench with LaMarcus Aldridge and uh, Blake Griffin, but that's kind of it on the bench for the most part. So I think the depth is going to be one of the biggest things. They added more depth to the team, and I think that's the biggest thing that the, the 76ers needed if they wanted to dethrone the Nets, which obviously is their biggest uh, obstacle towards the finals. So good on you guys, Sixers. Let's go to the losers. Houston, what the fuck? <laughs> That's, what you, that's all you could get for Oladipo? <laughs> I said we're going to talk about robbed. You guys didn't get robbed. You guys got cleaned out. Like, you guys got embarrassed. You guys, I thought you guys were going to do a great thing with Oladipo, and you were going to kind of, like, the Magic did a better job than you guys did. And you guys, and you, the part of your trade was Harden. Like, Oladipo came because of the Harden trade. So, Harden, what looked like could have been a better, like, more assets, you guys, you guys fumbled the bag hard. You guys fumbled the bag hard. Uh, I don't. I don't want to talk about this for too much longer because it just makes me sad. But yes, you guys are probably the biggest loser of the trade deadline. Uh, the Lakers. Yes. I mean, I know that they did get Drummond, but that's not a trade. I think they probably could have done a little bit more at the deadline. I think one of the players. They sh I don't know if they did, but they should have explored was Dennis Schroeder. Um, maybe getting just very similar to the Sixers. They need more depth, especially with like the injury right now. I doubt LeBron's going to play the rest of the season or AD. I think they're just going to sit them for the rest of the postseason. Um, but they're going to enter the, the, the playoffs as like a 
six, seven, eight seeds. They're going to be playing one of the top seeds, and they need the depth, and uh, they didn't do it. They just didn't make any moves. And so I think that that, that automatically makes them a loser at the trade deadline because they just didn't do anything. Um, the Celtics, what? <laughs> you guys were almost the robbery <laughs> award for the trade deadline. You what? Seriously? Fournier was the best player you guys could get? Really? You guys didn't like make a run for who I thought you guys should have, which was Miles Turner. You guys didn't make a run for any bigger names. You didn't make a run for Oladipo. I know it doesn't really fit your scheme, but still, it's better than Fournier. You went for a guard, so why not get Oladipo? I don't know what you guys were doing. Um, you guys had the $17 million trade exception. You guys didn't really use it. You guys also traded tight. Oh, not tight. Who'd you guys trade to the Cavs? I don't fucking remember. Obviously, it's not good enough. Um or it's not memorable enough. So, yeah, you guys probably could have moved someone like Marcus Smart, too, but you didn't do that. So, yes, I don't know what your guys' thought process was. Uh, the Knicks. The Knicks were only a loser in my mind because, like, they could have made moves that would have made them better. I mean, they're, they were they're already much better than we all anticipated them to be. I mean, everyone kind of anticipates the Knicks to just be a consistent, like, bottom five team, and they are surprising the hell out of us. Um, also, my bad, I disrespected Julius Randle last week because I was like, I forgot, who's the other player? I can't remember his name. I just... Totally forgot <laughs> Julius Randle. Um, yeah, they didn't make any moves. I thought Oladipo would have been perfect for New York, not only just because like the team needed him and could use him well, but also if you're living in New York, that might kind of persuade you to re-sign with the team on a cheaper deal because you're in New York um, and you're playing for the Knicks, like the Knicks. The Knicks are the New York team, not the Nets. The Nets just happen to have all the players right now. Um, I But they just didn't make any... It's very similar to the Lakers. They just didn't make any moves. And so I thought... You know, they were the Lakers and the Knicks were both in situations where, like, they should have made moves. And they if they made moves, it would have, no matter, like, essentially, no matter the move, it would have helped them out. And they just didn't. And so I think it just makes them a loser because they didn't get anything at all. Um, yeah, I, I still think they'll probably make the playoffs, but uh, doesn't I don't think they'll go that far if they even get out of the first round. Just because now they, they haven't really added that much to it. And they did have players that they could have drafted. Uh, and they did have players and picks, like the picks that they got from the Mavericks or the Porzingis trade. They could have moved, but they didn't. And lastly, the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, yeah, no, I think two players you guys should have traded were Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe. Bledsoe obviously just doesn't care about basketball anymore, apparently. <laughs> like, he just doesn't try, it seems, it feels like. Um, you guys probably could have gotten something for him, if not, like, just a second at least and maybe a role player. And then Lonzo, you guys, he's going to be expensive next year, and you guys didn't move off of him. I don't know why you didn't. Maybe the... Uh, Maybe the offers weren't good enough. I thought he was probably going to go to the 76ers and they were going to get a couple of picks and a role player, but they that, that didn't happen. Um, that would have made the Sixers even bigger winners. That would have happened. I thought that would have been a perfect fit for them. But, yeah, no, you guys just didn't make the moves. Uh, you, maybe you guys sneak into the playoffs. I really doubt it, honestly, just because of the way the West is starting to turn out, with, especially like the Mavericks getting steam. The Lakers, I know, are dropping, but are probably going to just lock up the 6, 7, or 8 seed. Yeah, no, and... Brandon Ingram, uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Zion, like, they're just getting older. I know they're not old, but you don't want to waste their younger years, and it kind of feels like you are. I think the biggest missed opportunity, though, was 100% just trading Eric Bledsoe, getting getting a player that actually kind of, like, wants to be there. Nothing against Eric Bledsoe. I just think the system doesn't really work for him. And then also there was a the whole J.J. Reddick situation. Um, so, yeah, you guys were a loser as well. Those are my thoughts on the trade deadline. I'm curious what you guys have to say. If you guys agree, disagree, let me know in the comments. Let's move on to the last segment. It's time for But I Mean. Do I have to explain But I Mean? You'll figure it out. You'll, you'll catch on. So, number one. I know they probably won't make the conference finals because the Lakers are going to be a lower seed and stacked and just going to be a whole situation. 
But, I mean, why isn't Donovan Mitchell in the MVP conversation? Like, the Jazz are the one seed in the West right now. And, like I said, they're probably gonna have to, they, there's a good chance they might face the Lakers in the first round. They'll probably not get out of. But, like, they're the one seed. Donovan Mitchell has been on a fucking tear lately. And he's the main reason they are that one seed. Now, I do have to definitely give my praise like Quinn Snyder, uh, the scheme of the Jazz, the defensive prowess of... Uh, two-time defensive player of the year, likely three-time Rudy Gobert, and all the role players that they've been given in. Also, Jordan Clarkson deserves a lot of credit, too. But, like, Donovan Mitchell is the anchor of this team, and he's not even getting chatter about MVP conversations. Now that LeBron's not injured and most likely not going to get it, why can't we at least bring him up? Like, no respect for any—the Jazz get no respect from the league. I Listen, I live in Utah. I hear that shit all the time, but it's kind of true. A lot of the time, they don't get respect from the league. Now, when Jazz fans are saying really stupid shit, you know what you say. You know who you are. I'm not, this actually isn't a Mona. This is just people in general. Uh, Mona's a very realistic Jazz fan. But, like, a lot of Jazz fans feel like their team gets disrespected. And, like, 90% of the time, it's like, eh, you're debatable. But, like, this season, 100%. 100%. And I think Donovan Mitchell has been the most disrespected person. I don't know how he's not in the MVP conversation. Um, yeah. Number two. I know the Nets now have, like, every single Infinity Stone. You know, they got uh, they got Kyrie. They got Durant. They got Harden. They got LaMarcus. They got Blade. And, 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 anyways. <laughs> uh, and they're basically a lock for the finals. But, I mean, why can't they pull the 2020 Clippers and get bounced early? <laughs> Everyone thought the Clippers were either, were uh, at least a lock for the conference finals, and they didn't even get that far. Uh, why, why can't the the Nets get eliminated in the first or second round of the playoffs, or the, maybe even just the conference finals? You got the Bucks, like I said, who I know they've been on a streak and have been streaky because of Mike Budenholzer. But hey, Giannis is Giannis. I know playoff Giannis is kind of different, but still, <laughs> you have the depth the Seventy Sixers now occurred and how well their starting five have played together. That could honestly help them out in the long run. Uh, and then there's also just shocker teams. I mean, last season, the Nuggets were the ones that eliminated the Clippers. No one would have expected that. Um, so it could be one of those bottom teams. Like, imagine, like, Charlotte does it or the Knicks. Like, that'd be wild. Um, so, yeah, why not? <laughs> it won't happen, but why not? <laughs> and lastly, um, I know the Jets are, like, 95% likely going to select a quarterback. But, I mean, why not hang on to Sam Darnold for a year and get him some help? Like, yes, I'm not going to lie. Very similar to the San Francisco situation. I think drafting at number two a quarterback like Zach Wilson and having him sit for a year behind Sam Darnold and doing the same thing like, oh, Sam Darnold, he's 7-2 and two at the trade deadline. Cool. We'll trade him for a, a low first, high second, and then let Zach Wilson play out the rest of the season. Or just the vice versa. You know, we're 0-7 right now. We'll just put in Zach Wilson and either, you know, trade Darnold for nothing or release him. Um like, yeah, that's probably the smart thing to do. But also at the same time, like, we have seen what happens when players get out of the gay system. Why not give Sam Darnold one more year? Honestly, uh, you have an accrual of picks. So if you need to, um, you guys can trade in the future. And you guys can, again, take a, a gap year again, build up your team with the, the draft that isn't likely going to have good <laughs> uh, quarterbacks, get, get better players, like offensive line. I mean, obviously, you guys have a good offensive line right now, or a better offensive line right now. Um, but, like, again, with this second overall, uh, the second overall pick, why not take Penny Suell and then – I apologize if I said that wrong um, – and then help Sam Darnold get protection. He has now, he now has weapons because of free agency. You also have more picks. So, yeah, like, okay, cool. It doesn't work out. Whatever. Sam Darnold's going to be cheap. Or you could pick up his fifth-year option, super cheap, and then he plays one more year. But, I mean, seriously, 
we've seen what happens with the gay system, and I think Sam Darnold is going to be another um, positive effect of leaving the gay system. It would not surprise me at all. He was the second overall pick for a re- second overall pick for a reason. So I think just give him a chance. Why not? Why not give him a chance? You never know if you don't ever at least see it. But it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so as a quick recap, uh, I know that they're probably not going to make the conference finals because they're going to have to face the Lakers. But I mean, why isn't Donovan Mitchell in the MVP conversation? Uh, I know the Nets now own the Infinity Gauntlet and are about to snap. But I mean, why can't they get bounced in the in the first or second or third round of the playoffs? And I know the Jets are likely to take a quarterback. But I mean, why can't they just let Sam Darnold have one year outside of the Adam Gay system? Thank you guys for tuning to the podcast today. I'm excited. We are approaching a huge milestone next week. I'm also excited for the next upcoming podcast. And honestly, just thank you guys for the support. Uh, I can't stress it enough how much I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, if you guys have anything you guys want me to talk about, if you guys have any thoughts, drop in the comments. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave this episode here. Make sure to check out the description for some special links for you guys that you guys can always check out. And also, as well as the links to our Spotify app and, and uh Apple podcast links. And there's also the Instagram down there as well. Also make sure to give JP and uh, Parker a follow. So I want to thank you guys for coming to the podcast today and I'll see you guys next up the podcast. I'll see you guys later.